are, and welcome to an irresistible episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast, because we're going to talk about the movie Irresistible, Steve Carell, Rose Byrne, directed by John Stewart. But before that, I want to know how my sisters are doing. Becky, how is life in California? We've made some quarantine upgrades, so I'm feeling pretty good. My husband built, Vlad built, my husband is, if you don't know who he is, Vlad built a swing set in the backyard, like a massive swing set. And and I see everyone's been praising him, and I know he's a very good carpenter, but is he a good, as good enough carpenter that you'd let your children hang from a freestanding structure that he built? We have been having this debate, actually, since he built it, or whether or not it's stable enough. And so we did, like, a strength test yesterday where he's like, try and knock it over. Tell me if you think it can flip over. And so I, for many minutes, rattled should you it. Have been, should you have been the person? Were you swinging it? Were you swinging on it, though? I, I, did you not? Oh, I guess you don't look at the pictures I send. I remember. There's a when, picture of you saying, are, are you a good test? Because I feel like you up against a two-year-old, I'm like, I feel like we need someone stronger to, to test it out. Especially Becky's kids are very, very, yeah. very strong. Hefty. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It really looks like she could, she could take someone down. So. Um, they're just I'd like. Worry. Anyways, it's safe enough. Okay. It seems safe enough for their size. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty excited about that. About that it's quarantine. enormous. Is it I've never like, seen a, a swing set that large. Right. Well, it was made by so a guy like who's 12 feet, feet high. Tall. Is it because yeah. he's so tall? Yeah, that he made it to scale like, of his height. So high. Of his height? It's so high. Um, but it's, it's really nice because um, Miri... They'll be able to swing it. It can actually get kind it's of hard enormous. to get her outside now. She's a little bit like over the backyard. And first thing this morning, she was like, outside, I need to get outside. That's so, awesome. Great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lily... As the keeper of our parents, yeah. how are things going? How you doing? Is it? Is it? Has really mom? Different? Has mom been able to connect her AirPods to no, no, no. the Sorry, television? Is... Or Sorry, just guys, buckle your what else? What else is broken? Did you start that registry I recommended? No, <laughs> seriously. You know seriously? my my registry idea where mom comes to visit you. You you create a registry for all okay. the items that you guys, think she's gonna break. Absolutely, <laughs> the things you that know go when you operator. open your refrigerator, what's on the door? Like yeah. there's like a shelf on the door where you put your milk or something. Yeah, uh, we put like old Mine. condiments. We're ignoring. Yeah, it's a uh, condiments, okay. baking right. soda, whipped cream. Well, I keep my beverages on there, and I keep my cold water. You guys know me with cold water. What beverages? Where I keep my cold water. What beverages? Milks. Other than- we have seven milks in our house. Right now, everybody oh, in this household drinks a different milk. <laughs> and you're such a Kardashian. My yes, exactly. And my carafe of like freezing cold water. The entire sh- like that comes with the refrigerator. It's built in. It just broke right off. <laughs> and it's more about like, your refrigerator so than so mom. Yeah, I mean, did no, mom do it? He's like, mom. he's like, he's like, I feel like they slam door like they slam things really hard we and do they open things fairness, really hard i do that that's too. true i do that like, I've gone they're so, so rough with stuff i've been yelled like, at by cab drivers for slamming the door the door too hard and then and then my i get into trouble hold on i get into trouble at my house for opening do- doors too hard okay so not I just closing problem, them opening a family them too problem 
And so like the other day, all of a sudden an alarm starts going off in my refrigerator. And Jose is like, oh my God, it's just not used to all these people. (laughs) Now we need a new one. He's like, pieces of it are falling off. (laughs) They're so rough. Anyways, what she pulled the other day, buckle your seatbelts. We are in a house that we rented for a week of vacation. That's where we are now. And there is like not great internet, of course. It, like, like that's par for the course. And, um, you know, she's obviously she raised us. So mom was heavily concerned about like how we were going to watch movies and stuff like that. And I was just very stressed and busy before leaving. And I forgot the cable that connects the iPad to the TV. Look, that's unacceptable. You're responsible know, in your I know. family. You're like I know. Mark I'm Toner, the shy of my Mark, family. Mark Toner, former guest of the show, recently he went on vacation with his family and he was asking me about what movies to watch. And then later he reported back that he couldn't, that he like forgot the cable. And thank goodness his oh. daughter Grace, Grace, this is a shout out to you, fixed it. But like I think it is if you are the steward of your family and you go on vacation without the appropriate tools for like watching shows, you should be shows, sent home. You should be sent home. You have to go back and get them, right? And so I just was like mega stressed. It's just something that slipped my brain, and I, you know, mom was like really furious. <laughs> she was like, "Well, I think somebody needs to go home and get it." <laughs> and, um, and I was like, all right, okay, let's like not make a big deal about this. And so mom and I actually ended up watching Irresistible together on her iPad because I had to watch it for the podcast. But then all of a sudden she's in the living room of this house. She turns on the TV. Guys, just, just seriously, guys. She turns on the TV and she goes, you know, I think I can connect this TV to the internet. And I was like, What? I was like, mom, come on. And she's like, hold on. It says that there's a home network. If I go into this folder, <laughs> if I put in the code so for the like W address key, guys, yes. I was like, I was like, what is happening right now? She goes, bring me the key off the, um, you know, the password, Louie, off the box that makes the internet. Read it to me, please. <laughs> and I, I and I read her, I, I read her the code, the password. She types it in. And she's like, okay, here we go. Go to the app store, go on Netflix. All right, we're, we're connected to the home network, guys. Guys, right, I just turned this TV into a smart TV. <laughs> and I, I turned to her and I was like, oh my God, is there is this like how Invasion of the Body Snatchers starts? <laughs> All of a sudden, elderly people know how to use devices. I was like, what <laughs> is happening right now? Guys, she but, turned the TV here into a smart TV. It wasn't like a normal smart TV. <laughs> I firmly I'm very believe, impressed with her. I firmly believe when people are motivated enough, they will figure these things out. Just Allie, like an airbender. Yeah. Allie, Allie will not like turn on the shows, like when it's our time to watch shows at night and I go down come down from my role in bedtime yeah, with the kids. The shows won't be on. And I'm like, you couldn't why can't they just queue it up? Queue why it can't up? they queue it up? So when you queue get there, up. you the ground. You don't now, have to and then, and then it's always, minutes. I don't know, what is it on Netflix or Amazon? Uh, that's your job. That's if we put job. Jose, Vlad, and Ali alone in a vacation house together, they There'll just be no shows. Books the whole time. No, because no shows. But here's the thing: what I tell Ali is, act like 
act like there's an episode of Grey's Anatomy on the other side. Because when there's Grey's Anatomy involved, Allie's like Somehow. MacGyver. Allie's right. like MacGyver. Suddenly. Hooking up the iPad to the yeah. elliptical. But yeah. when it's, anyways. Okay, so let's get into. Just like you guys should be really proud of mom. That was, it was I'm, epic. I'm very proud did. of mom. Let's get into our movie of the week. I like that we've been watching the same stuff lately. That's a lot of fun. Irresistible. I don't really know who released this movie because I had to pay like a lot of money. Also, to who it. came up with this title? Well, this I didn't is, get the title is... until the ending when they showed the title and then they put in bold, red, resist. Yeah. Okay, so, so call the movie Resist. resist. Allie's, word, Allie's word on that was that she was like, wow, they really shoehorned that like a square peg in a round hole. To me, the title falls along the lines of a lot of these Netflix uh, titles where they just like pick a word out of the hat. Although I will say yeah. um, the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, by the way, there will be spoilers. So just accept that um, irresistible is about a democratic strategist who is in Washington, DC, your typical elite, you know, uh, type character. And he is, um, convinced that this viral video of a former marine speaking up for somewhat liberal concepts uh, is is a cause he should get behind because this could be the future of the democratic party and he goes and he brings all in a red state in a red state and he brings in, in wisconsin or a swing, a swing state a swing state and he brought he brings all of his fancy consultants and everything to this town my take on the title of irresistible is that as the movie reveals, there's a big twist at the end of the movie that, of course, this was all a setup to get him and the other people to come and spend their money in the town. And that the irresistible part is they knew that this strategist from this elite area couldn't resist the bait of, oh, of oh, a... What did you of, think it was? Like the bar food in a town? I, I don't... It no, but Ali, Ali was similar. to me. But but to me, like, to me, it was that that because he can't couldn't resist yeah. being patronizing and condescending and also the opportunity of using these people. And so they got him on the hook. And then later you find out, of course, they manufact the town, both the Republicans and the Democrats manufactured this entire thing so that the consultants would come and spend all the advertising money on their town, for which they end up like making the town into a well, and, and you know, the, it's the super PAC the money. Packs. They the create the super PACs for the money, which the town then just reallocates Thanks. to the town instead of the campaigns. Yeah. So what, what, so what were your reactions generally to the film as a movie and, and also the twist um, as part of that? Lil. I thought it was adorable. Good for you, John Stewart. Like, it was cute. And it didn't have to be a political, like, accurate portrayal of anything. I got his point. You know, he makes an interesting point. It was funny and, you know, cute enough. And, like, it's rare to see, like, a delightful political movie. I don't know. I didn't get too, I didn't get too serious about it. I think people Even it's like John Stewart. the the reactions. I think probably have something to do with the fact that it is John Stewart. People yeah, are people wanted him. something more cynical because it's John Stewart or something, and or... less and less maybe obvious or silly because it, it felt it's to me like you know like a spoonful of sugar, which is he's making a point about money in politics and how that money right. would be better spent. 
but he's doing it in or just how corrupt the money makes the politics and and it's or no i think the point is that like how it could be better spent instead of spending 50 million dollars on a campaign you could put 50 million dollars into a dying town and then like and revitalize yeah or education and things like that so or did he say they made they spent forty five like million forty five million on this on, like on small, small mayoral town. right and I and but it so he's making that point but he's doing it in in a truly like light hearted way and I agree I think if there's any criticism for the film it's because people would would expect John Stewart to make that criticism in maybe a more cynical way instead of what's actually somewhat you know, um, optimistic being like, Hey guys, I don't know. Maybe it's not optimistic, but it's, it's at least light in a light, in a lighter way. So I, I take a slightly different approach, but overall I really enjoyed it. I thought it Mm -hmm. makes its point. I thought with the twist at the end, it, it turns out to be a smarter movie. Like there are certain things in the movie that don't make a ton of sense without that twist. Like there's times where Steve Carell's character and Rose Burns character are yelling at each other in the inn and, and giving away how, how badly they would be like, how, how the low opinions they have of the intelligence of the people in the town, by the way they talk to them. So the only way it makes sense in the end is that those people were setting them up. And because mm-hmm. because otherwise their behavior was was actually like pretty terrible and transparent right. the way they behaved in the town. Um, I think that's slightly unrealistic because as 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 sort of as un uh, as unlikable and sort of as insensitive those people could be. That's an exaggeration of probably how they behave. But it's also a movie, right? Like this is the point we always make when we talk about movies, right? A documentary can be a documentary this is a movie and the movie is making a point. Um, I also, I also also really liked that, um, that it it was an equal indictment of the, not maybe not equal, but it was an indictment of all of the political parties. This wasn't Jon Stewart taking a shot at Democrat versus Republican. Although he did take a, a hilarious shot at Fox News. Yeah, yeah. He took he took a shot at, at Fox News and Twenty Four Hour News, and and he put all he put all of the jokes about Democrats and Republicans in the movie, but really his big point was about the money and the super PACs and this longer issue. I think that, and and maybe I'm being unfair to John Stewart here. One of my issues with it was he makes the point, but I often feel like John Stewart makes these points and then falls short of actually making. A, a, a real uh, case as to like what should be done or could be done. He implies that I guess that that money could go to to towns or to infrastructure or any one of these things. But maybe I'm also being unfair to John Stewart by saying that oh, because you're John Stewart, you have to make that point. When in the reality, it is a movie on its own. It's fine. When right. I compare it to other political movies, there's a political movie that Tim Robbins made in the 90s called Bob Roberts. That is a must watch. And it is a much cynical, darker movie, um, but I think is also a better, stronger, edgier movie. That being said, I, I don't right. I, I might yeah. be being unfair by comparing the two because they are I think ultimately after I've reflected on it, they were they promise different things. Yeah, I think in the end, this is. I think there are parts of the, I think the movie sometimes gets a bit confused. And that was an article that you shared, Shai, that was like, it sometimes, we didn't seem 100% sure what kind of movie it was supposed to be. 
but overall, I think it's supposed to be a comedy, a light, well, more even lighthearted so it's, comedy. It's very clear that Rose Byrne, Faith Brewster character, is supposed to be a villain. But what's confusing about the about Steve Carell's character, Gary, is that it's unclear how how much of what he he's doing is actually sincere, how much of it he believes, how much of it is just competitiveness and about winning. Right. He, and he kind of wavers back and forth on that, right. which I guess he's makes for a com- Hold on. Which I guess makes for, would make for a complex character, this idea that at moments it's about competitiveness and at moments it's about sincere, at moments he really is being sincere. But for some reason there was like um, a depth that was missing to the character. So I think in that sense, it's like, was it, purely supposed to be you know this um lighter less complex story or was there supposed to be more depth that that was missing in a way um yeah because so, he's he is sincere and in the end he obviously has a, a, a good good intentions because even though he's using them it's for the greater good of like trying to help this guy win so that the Democratic Party could have a bigger stance out there, and that's overall a good thing. But then he's like horrible to the people, and you're like, "Wait, are you not it's a not nice horrible, person?" Though. I think that's I think well, that's a good comment. Down though. To them. Well, the whole the whole idea of he's condescending to them, but they're condescending back to him with like the butt and a burger shtick. Yeah, but but I yes, do think the point there's a, there's, a, to them there's a big point there bad. about how the sort of coastal elite yeah. treat the treat the sort of middle of the country that you know the idea that they come you know you come every four years and yeah they, that was a really good point and and that he he tries to resist he tries to resist being condescending and patron, patronizing but his character like can't help it and i think that's <laughs> the point he's just that i think that's the point of him um, I uh, I thought he gave a great performance. I think Steve Carell in our house, Steve Carell is on fire right now. Allie loves the like uh, the silver fox sort of like middle aged handsome Steve Carell that she sees in who doesn't Wars. and and I he's would say that I would it's kind of confusing to her because he's not Michael Scott, but I would say Steve Carell going on Allie's um, top uh, top list along with Terrence Howard, Charlie Hunnam, and David Tennant from oh, Broadchurch. Wow! Yes, the, but this version of Steve Carell, the like middle aged, mm-hmm. like man, not like his midlife crisis, Little crazy Miss Sunshine, Steve Carell, like yeah. Crazy Stupid Love, Steve Carell, but but this like adult Confident. man, adult man, Steve Carell. Well, I, I mean, in the end of the day, the cast is amazing. Like, like John Stewart pulled together a fantastic cast. Yeah, and, it was a great cast. And, and, parts were and Rose Byrne is just a delight. Like, she's but so she's, funny and leans so into funny. it I so funny. Well. Sh- I feel like I wanted more. Like, I didn't have enough Rose Byrne in this movie. I did not have I, enough of her shtick. Their where, dynamic where, was hilarious. Where, when great. she's, like, being interviewed and she's like, oh, I'm from here. I'm from Deer Lakin. This is where I grew up. <laughs> Like, and I he's like, no, you're that. not. And, and he's like, oh, damn it. Now it's the truth. It just is truth now. That's and great. I, I think the movie, the way it's marketed, leads you to believe that it's a rom-com of the Democrat and the Republican strategist. Like the poster oh. very much looks mm-hmm. like that. And that's why oh. you, you sort of, there's a there's a disconnect. There's a dissonance with how much Rose Byrne is actually part of the movie. Right. But, but if you don't know that going in, then it's, then it's a little bit, if you don't look at that, that poster itself, 
looks like it should be like democrat and republican come to small town and fall in love that's what it evokes but mm -hmm. in reality that's really not what the movie's about and i think that 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 is part of what plays into the confusing rose Byrne was delightful in this movie um uh and and mackenzie davis who i didn't love in the the terminator movie i thought she was great in this but I feel like That's everyone had a small part. I feel like she had like no <laughs> lines. Like who was speaking in this movie? Was it just Steve Carell? Like, I guess no you're right because Chris Cooper, who's such a powerhouse actor, also he has like has seven a lines in the whole movie. I think really that's what though. it was. Like there was so much movie, but no one was in it. <laughs> Except for Steve Carell, yes. Okay, I, I, favorite scene. Oh, right. You also you have Topher Grace and Natasha Leone. Leone, like amazing. Right. Oh, I love a they, good use they of Topher were Grace. Expertly cast and played yes. those roles perfectly. But I also kind of wanted more. I, I wanted like, some. It was yeah. like an hour and forty-five minute movie. I actually didn't want more of it. I was, no, not more it, of the movie. Oh. I wanted more of them. That's a different like, movie. I, I, right. That's a different yeah. Movie. That's that is. A I would. I would I, would, I know. Right. That's the thing is that it's not. This is not the a casting. Beat. Was wait, great. wait, wait. Favorite. My honestly, my favorite scene is at the beginning when he's prepare when Corell is preparing for the trip to Deerlochen, and he's talking with his assistants about the travel, car. the the car and the and the catering, and it's like no frills. No, no, no. This is to be really simple. No, but how, do you know about the catering situation? <laughs> like that is. That is like the opinion no, like, of like everyone like a, in a Bose like sound. Like, like car, I can't like, tell I'll you in the in my career in my life when I have assisted people how many times I have had that conversation where someone wants to pretend to be humble and simple, but I don't want a lot yeah, of stuff. I don't want all and this stuff. Anything that isn't what they want. Yes. Light you on fire. Yeah. Right. But I will it take so like a crazy salad with the mozzarella ball. On my <laughs> private plane. On my private plane. Like, the epitome. I mean, John Stewart nailed that. If yeah, he seems like, to me, I like. That's for No, that's everything. No, that's everywhere. everywhere. It's every, yeah. And so I at least felt that he was being extremely self-aware with that scene. And I appreciated it. Those are, those are great. Those are great details. So who are, who are your MVPs of the movie? <sighs> That lady at the bakery, I love she her. So funny. She oh my so god, funny. she was so the way funny. She kept getting the coffee wrong every time. She just, she just didn't even care. She, she didn't even care what his order yeah. was. Well, and that was part of the whole setup too. In the end, she was fully aware. So I thought that was funny. I also loved when he was constantly doing inappropriate things in front of that lady. Dot. Dot. <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And also how he eats the pastry. And every, everybody knew him right away. Like, it was all such a great, like, when you look back at it and you realize that the whole thing was a setup, it, it worked. I think it works really, mm -hmm. really well. Um, I would say, so my MVP, I mean, let's say we're not talking about the main, like, the, the top caliber or, or top caliber stars, meaning Steve Carell, Rose Byrne, Chris Cooper. These are all, these are all, like, major, major mm -hmm. people. In fact, two out of three nominated for Oscars, right? Um, I really liked the actor Brent Sexton, who played the mayor, Mayor Braun. Oh, yeah, the guy, great. he was in, and I had to look this up because I couldn't remember it. He's in Shameless. He plays that, the, the uncle or the cousin that tries to take the house from them. And mm. I thought he's just like, 
I thought he gave a really nice performance as this local political hack. But then there's the scene where Mackenzie Davis comes and meets him at the house. And he's right, so well, that's when the reveal is. And then they have the big yeah. reveal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a really important performance to make this whole movie work like that had to really sell and i think he was a big part of it and i don't think he's someone that someone's going to look at this movie and be like oh you know but when i think of dad and i think of his love of character actors uh, to me brent sexton was a real highlight of this movie to me that was part of getting the fabric and the details right that made this movie enjoyable and not phoned in yeah good call how about you Mm -hmm. Lily said the 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 coffee shop lady. Oh, the coffee shop lady. All right, Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really loved the I loved um, N- Natasha Leone in there. I thought that the way she played the character was really really funny, and it also was driving home the reality of how of like how politics work behind the scenes. Oh, that you're so like. Right. You know, and that that's really important to understanding this drive of money and competitiveness and the pull and how like inhuman the whole process is. And the whole shtick with sending the flyers to the cluster of single women about abortion rights, but it's a bunch of nuns, which is why they're single women. Like that, there's no, there's like no um, humanity in this process. It's just about numbers and winning and it's not about understanding people. And I, I thought like her character portrayed that well and she was really, really funny. Um, so it took something that's very harsh and serious and she did it in um, in just a really uh, fun way. Yeah. And she's just a really funny addition. That, that, that tension between the different yeah. views of- The polling versus yeah. the- that was fun that was really fun Mm -hmm. i also got to give this movie a shout out because they referenced cheese curds and poutine so they did any movie where there's a poutine reference that was a great reference they did Um, so i don't know if does anyone have any closing like how is the milk that you skim off like the (laughs) crap you skim off milk a food here (laughs) how is that a food um so if, if there's no other additional thought, so I would say this is to me was a rent. This is to me was like a, a high yeah. end rent. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I don't think it should, it should no way be panned. That's ridiculous. And I think people need to calm down. While we still hold some standards for Netflix action movies, because honestly, those have been a pile of those shit. Are, those are terrible. At the same time, you know what? The the comedies or this kind of political fun comedy, I'm sorry. Like, I, beggars can't be choosers. I feel like that was fine. Yeah. My only closing comment is... Calm down. My only closing comment is give me more Rose Byrne. She's so funny. I feel like her comedic chops are underrated. She's hilarious. And uh, yes. that was Agreed. like a delight to watch her. In general, more Rose Byrne. Yeah, just in general. And she's really, I think she's versatile. And she does comedy so well, but she also, I think, can, in in that movie, um, Instant Family really showed you what great, like, what a great um, dramatic actor she can be as well. I I, I really, so I will say this, I don't really know who this released under. I think this maybe was a movie that was supposed to be in theaters and then just got released on demand. Uh, I don't know if it's one particular company. But it was it was for rent, so I guess it got its. It, this was supposed to be a theatrical release, but this was this was good. Um, but I, I put it as a high end a high end rent. Um, 
the politician is another political thing that show is back we all watched some or part of uh the opening of the new season which flashes forward a few years and um what's his name hobart peyton hobart is running for state senate and um his mother is now running for governor governor of california played by is Gwyneth Paltrow back? yeah yeah she's running back for governor of california and she's yes yeah. i didn't get to see the episode that's awesome yes um, becky you will laugh so hard about her running california. oh the california stuff i think you, really, you would get if you're from california because yeah. there's some funny stuff going. Um, I, uh, I, I thought it was fine. I was, this show is a show that for me takes a while to get going for me. Like last time it wasn't until the seventh episode. And then I was like, Oh, okay. It's brilliant. So I feel similarly with the opening of the. Really? I feel like it hits the ground running. It does, but it does, but I, I'm still not, I don't know. We'll see. It does, but we'll see. I think though, Judith Light, Bette Midler, fantastic. It's great to see them in the show. Uh, I, I think you know and and doing these kind of fun over the top performances i i I, i'm glad that they're i'm glad that they're in a show i i'd like to see them you know Mm -hmm. the the last thing i saw judith Leiden was in uh ugly betty no ugly betty which i haven't finished yet where she plays the mother right she plays the mother who kind of comes she was in transparent I didn't watch Transparent. Last thing I saw was she was in Transparent, but she's to me she's like a thousand times better in this. She's really good. Transparent. Yeah. So that's a cool show. I think it's like to me it's it's uh it to me it's um it's on the it's a it's a really high quality show. Whereas like Netflix's movies have been garbage, I think a lot of their shows have been amazing. Um and again their their comedies are, are getting better and better and better. Um, I also think there's a lot of really funny yet important things about this show like that you don't see on other shows which is what we've talked about when we first talked about it and you what you might not get with gary and irresistible as like a you know whatever political comedy you get with all the characters here they're very complex and some are evil and some are good and some are trying to do good but might have to do evil because it's politics and all of that conversation is there but in multiple layers. And totally. I think that it's, you know, and at the same time, it's really funny. There's a whole like Nancy Myers bit in the first, I think it's the first episode, yeah, um, about Nancy Myers movies and that Midler and stuff. And it's just, they, I mean, the fact that they have these two powerhouse women that are acting in this season, Bette Miller and Judith Light, you know, they are using, you know, they're, <laughs> Bette Miller, I mean, like, when is Bette Miller not a joy to watch? Right. And so more Bette Midler. She's, she's fantastic. And she's, you know, everybody holds their own in this show. So it's not like the Bette Midler show. She's a side character. And yet, you know, every scene that she's in, she pretty much steals. But the people that are, you know, playing up against her, which a lot of the time is um, Lucy Boynton from Bohemian she Rhapsody. Does, and she does, she's, she does she's a fantastic. nice job in those scenes. They're a really good yeah. contrast. I didn't expect that to be the relationship vector, um, but but I, I like that a lot. I'm a little, I was a little bummed, and this is the first episode that that it took half an episode for her to already be against Peyton again. And so I don't like when shows sort of revert back to the same old mm, but, pattern. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm only, you know, two-thirds of the first episode in. Um, okay, but well, I enjoy have... it. I find it different, and well, that's let... appreciative. 
let's talk about what people have been watching. Uh, Lil, what else have you been watching? We watched, I don't know if you guys have this on your Netflix, um, your non-communist Netflix. We watched a movie on Spanish Netflix that is definitely not an American-made movie. It's like for sure a bit like pro Castro. <laughs> and it's Penelope Cruz, Edgar Ramirez, who's from the new Point Break, that like newer Point Break that they made. That guy, um, Gael Garcia Bernal, um, the guy from Narcos, uh, Wagner, I forget his last name. So like a bunch of really good actors um, in this movie about an, a secret network of spies from Cuba, true story, sent to the US. Is this the Wasp Network? Because you're making me guess yeah. what this movie is. It is available. Oh, sorry. It, was it cool? It's inter- I find it interesting that it's available in the US. I think, you know, it was, it could have been much better. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's really interesting though. Uh, the way the movie is like, the story is told, it unfolds in a really strange way. You know, as a, the, the choices of the director and the writer, you know, he's the same person, director, writer. It, it's it's funny how it's like, it's just, the way the onion is being peeled back is a bit disjointed. But the acting is great. And it's, if you're interested in politics and you're interested in spies and Cuba and the United States, then then by all means, it's a cool movie. Um, it's better than all, like the uh, action movies that are out there because it's, you know, based on some true stuff. But it's two hours. So, you know, it could have been a half hour shorter. But we watched that. And that was, you know, interesting because mom obviously is from there and they mostly spent the time watching it saying whose accent was good and whose accent was bad. <laughs> but, one of the most fun things to do with mom when you watch Dad it. was also like, is, is she doing a good job? Is he doing a good job? So um, that was pretty fun. Um, and then what else? What else have we been watching? Um, not too much else because- Transformers you know, Rescue Bots the... Academy. Right, right. Thanks to Shai. And- um, yeah, we just got our, like, mom just got the TV to work. So we'll see what else is up. I'm watching tons of stuff now. Beck, what are you up to? I am partway through season four of Legends of Korra. I have to say season three and four are really, really good. Really great. It's worth getting through one and two, four, three, and four. Because by the time you're in season four, they've really honed in on who the great characters are with super interesting stories and it's all kind of coming together. So I'm, I'm very much into that. That's I'm watching that and whatever homework assignments you guys give me. Okay. That's great. Okay. So I am consuming a whole bunch of different things. We, uh, based on <laughs> Lily's recommendation from last week, we started the center. We love a good murdery show, uh, you know, murder mystery show in our house. And uh, we, 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 picked up like we watched like four or five episodes in a row of that show and then we only took a break because we had to i had to watch irresistible and politician but i can't wait to get back to it i think bill pullman's performance makes me happy they give you Um, like a fun summer yeah it's it's the equivalent of beach reading it was like it was like picking up one of those like mystery novels that you read on the beach if you read yeah but that that's what it feels like how do you know it's the equivalent if you don't read are you just assuming (laughs) i'm assuming it's like a paperback I don't know. Okay. But I, I read and I'm telling you, you're right on the spot. And exactly. and I think the performances are really good. Jessica Beale's really good. And I like the whole down and out detective thing. 
um, you know, it scratches the combination of like my Bosch itch and also Broadchurch, but it's, you know, not nearly as good as either of those, but, it, but it's solid. So if people are looking for a good mystery, like and Shai, I think murdery, you made a good very point murdery. to me about how like, it's nice sometimes, and it has to be done in a particular way where you don't really need to care that it's more than one season with these characters. Like Bill Pullman is consistent. He's going to be, he's in all the seasons, but like, you know that this is a one-off story. Yeah. I'm okay with an anthology of this guy solving mysteries. That's fine for me. Not every show there's, if a show you is have about to be invested mystery, in every single character all exactly. the time. Sometimes it's actually liberating. And so for me, right. that's good. Like, I don't want to feel, I don't want a cliffhanger. I just want them to solve the mystery. Okay. And let's have a new case. Right. I don't need exactly. a cliffhanger for every show. Sometimes I feel like like Friends did a cliffhanger in the 90s, and ever since then, everyone has to end every season on a cliffhanger. This is true. Nuts. Um, I saw, I've been trying to watch some older movies. I watched this old Western called The Professionals with Lee Marvin and Burt Lancaster. It's got like the Magnificent Seven kind of feel. It always, you know, I miss dad. And to me, watching those movies makes me think of like the kind of movie dad and I would sit down to watch, but you're with, you get dad. And so I like, I, I've been trying to watch some of these old Westerns. I'm, I'm, I started The Wild Bunch. I haven't finished that yet. Um, so I think they're fun movies to watch with dad. But The Professionals, I have to say, is not a movie I'd ever heard of. You always hear about The Magnificent Seven, but I thought The Professionals was really fun and really, really good acting and had some fun, a some a action. Again, this is a movie cool. that's, you know, in a time capsule, right? Like you have to take it for what it is. It's a movie made, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And, it, and, I, and I, it's a movie I kind of wish I had sat down and watched with dad. Um, I watched this DC animated movie, Superman Red Sun, that's available on, I think it's DC Universe that it's available on. And Beck, you'll, you'll, you'll find this one really interesting. I find the DC animated movies, by the way, are all fantastic. They're all a thousand times better than their real life, life movies. This movie imagines, it's taken from a book that was written, uh, it imagines an alternative history where Superman landed in Ukraine, in the Soviet Union, instead of America Whoa. and what how the world would have developed with Superman being a Soviet icon and Lex Luthor being the icon of capitalism in the United States. And it's not, it doesn't cut any, it's not, it doesn't make any of it black and white. It makes a lot of it very, very gray as to who's good and who's bad and, and what decisions Superman would have made had he been uh, raised essentially by Stalin. Um, and, uh, wow. it, but, but also he rejects a lot of Stalin's ways. Um, but makes his own mistakes. I, I thought it was really interesting. It's like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. Worth a watch. And I think the animation is pretty good. So Beck, I would love to know if you and Vlad ever have a chance to watch that. I'd love to know what Vlad thinks. About All right, cool. On the animation front, I started the Clone Wars season seven because Josh won't shut up about making me watch it. And first episode was very cool. It's just great to be back in that universe. And David Filoni, who is one of the... I can uh, tell you're on vacation this week. Oh, my God. Uh -oh. You've been talking for four <laughs> minutes about what you've been about watching. what you watch. On the producer. Time that well, I even have to watch something. Becky, Filoni worked on Airbender. So there's a connection between what is considered one of the great recent animated things in the Clone Wars um, and, and Avatar. Um, we watched <laughs> we watched Eurovision yes, with the kids. And yeah, right before the episode. But I texted you. I, I know, I know. Hold on a second. You. I want to tell the story. And I literally was like, careful with this part. Don't show them burnt Demi Lovato. You will regret this. Remember, you thought this was like a fun movie, but this will scare your girls. 
Right. So the movie. Two has, seconds later. <laughs> so I wa- set up the movie, and and this is not one of those situations where I, I walked into it. Ali and I both were like, "This was such a fun, heartwarming movie. It's like Pitch Perfect." And we've been playing the soundtrack for the kids. Nobody nonstop. gets blown up in Pitch Perfect, though. So Lily warned me. She said, look, be careful. There's the ghost of Demi Lovato. And I was like, ah, she wasn't that scary. It was funny. So there's a scene early on where the all elves of the murdering Iceland- people is the least scary. Well, part my younger movie. daughter thought the elves murdering people was the funniest thing in the whole movie. But, but the moment that the entire Island- Icelandic like leading artists Singing. are blown up on the bus and the hand boat. No, on the boat on the boat on the boat. boat my he's seen it twice children particularly my older oh no, no i've seen it for a third time now um my children were like weeping they were so upset what kind of movie is this i can't believe you watched it did all those people really die like and the arm comes flying off and they kind of couldn't get past that part the exact the exact quote from one of my kids was this will haunt me for decades please turn this movie off those were all things that were said and then the yeah, anyways it was just but that being said the movie is awesome and i loved it the second time i upgraded to four stars on my letterbox i changed it this is a bye 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 and then today i just watched the music scenes with my younger child promising her i wouldn't show the ghost which is demi lovato and after she believed me i wouldn't show her the ghost because granted with my history with the never-ending story my kids it's, you can't show they'll not believe you um, but oh, I just adore this movie and uh, I could watch it over and over again. And Rachel McAdams is just so incredibly lovable in it. So uh, that, that's, that's what I've got. All right, All right. Uh, Becky, where can people follow you? At paper BK princess on Twitter and letterbox. Lily, where can people follow you? I was going to say the same thing, but that's not true. Yeah. At G-G- GGK <laughs> Gomez. Chi Chi K Gomez C H I C H I on Letterbox and Twitter, and you can follow me at Pancake, Pancake for Table. For table. Why are you doing that? Because <laughs> I just, I just like I know it off by heart. <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, anyway. and Letterboxd, and you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on. Twitter and Instagram. I'm I love muting it. you. I'm muting you. <laughs> You're muted. That's it. I'm talking now. <laughs> no one can hear you. And it warms you, my heart. It's and like, you can find, I don't know. It's like knowing the words to a song. You can go to the website at <laughs> FridayNightMoviePod.com. Our family are supporters of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and Equal Justice Initiative. So if you are looking to uh, take action and uh, do something anti-racist, please look at those organizations. Those are ones that uh, we do as our family. Please look into their work. And if you are um, in sync with it, please donate. And uh, last but not least, our theme music is by What Does It Eat? That will kick in. And you can check out on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere What Does It Eat's latest release, Sidecar, which is a 16-minute song cycle tribute to 1980s and 90s. We are wrapped up. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. I mean, assuming you don't have more shows you want to tell us about that you've watched.
it's okay. He watched a lot of stuff. Huh, and you only got through three quarters of the first episode of The Politician. I huh. fell asleep. Oh. That's because the night before like, my really kids were up all night with nightmares it. because of Eurovision. Well, I guess we've all learned a lesson. 